On this episode of the podcast, Westover tells us a tale of where one player's decision to hold out from one team led to franchise-altering decisions for three teams and four cities. Is this Le'Veon Bell? This is Le'Veon uh, Bell meets Eli Manning and John Elway in the John Superdome. Elway also do that? But hockey. Yeah, John Elway. Oh, ho- we're talking about hockey this week. Oh, we're talking uh-huh. hockey this week. Oh, I've got to go. Oh. I, I actually have another another thing. What are you doing? <laughs> Not talking else? about hockey. <laughs> Just about anything <laughs> else. So while Josh is running off, uh, you go ahead and recline that sofa and loosen that tie because this is mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sleazy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. Uh, This week, we are discussing some NHL history. Hmm. Warning to any and all Flyers fans, you may want to cover your ears or hide in the unsettling furry embrace of Gritty, Uh, the best mascot that's ever graced sports uh, fandom. The scariest mascot. He makes me uncomfortable, for sure. It's like if Oscar the Grouch made his way out of his trash can and, and did a was lot a of predator. Meth. Yes, yes. Like, did yes. a lot of meth. <laughs> yes to all of it. A lot of meth. <laughs> Gritty is just meth-riddled Oscar at the Grouch, <laughs> yep. who already has a canonical drug problem. Does he? What? I haven't kept up with my Well, my, my canon. Oh, your oh. fan fiction. Is there headcanon, I guess, <laughs> is the proper term. Uh-huh. Somewhat canonical. No. No, not at all. It it will be one day when I get so rich, I buy the rights to Sesame <laughs> Street, and I just ruin them. <laughs> I run them into the ground. Hey, what's there? Thanks right. there. So, I began my research this week. I decided to follow Austin's lead and find one of the bitter trades in NHL history. So, we're here to talk about Eric, the next one, Lindros. What? That's a cool name. That's a gross name. Well, if you haven't heard of him, it's probably because you're not a Flyers or Avalanche fan or hockey fan. Yes, all three of those for me. Yeah, I'm going to take a big old swing and three misses and (laughs) strike out and baseball. Oh, boy. Well, first, let's set the stage with who is Eric Lindros. All right, paint me a word picture. Lindros was born in London, Ontario, but grew up in Toronto. Hey, I've been there. Yeah. That was it. That was yeah, the end of my that's story. It. That was a really good story. Better Thank than uh, whatever story Western was about to tell us. <laughs> he first began playing hockey at a young age, playing on two separate occasions in the Quebec Peewee International Hockey Tournaments. For the Toronto Marlboros and the Toronto Young Nationals. Wait, the Marlboros? <laughs> like yeah, a cigarette? It was, it was the 1950s, and the cigarettes had it dove was like, into hockey. Oh, it was like the 70s. But, but like no. peewee hockey? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you start them young, you get Canada. the maximum amount of smoking out of them. God, I miss the 50s. <laughs> okay, so it was so the 70s? So, as a kid, this kid has been playing hockey for his entire life. As a teenager, he started playing in the junior hockey in the Ontario Hockey League. At this time, he was becoming more nationally renowned for being an otherworldly scorer 
and having the physicality to dominate players older than him. This was a child in the body of a full-grown man. I no? don't like any of the phrases yeah. you're using. This is physically a dominate older players, but child. This is the child. The man is a full-grown man. It's a gross sentence, and you should be arrested for writing it. Yeah, you. Eric really Lindros was six four and two forty when he I played. I don't care. Well, see it at this time. He's a teenager. He's like nineteen. Oh, 19. Okay, nine six four at nineteen. That's yeah, nine. that's <laughs> Zion's the same. Yeah, Zion was six four when he was heavier. five years old. <laughs> but continue. I mean, on skates, he's probably six seven. I wonder if Zion can skate, or if he like it would. He's he would like blast through the side of his skate like his, <laughs> like, 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 like his shoe. Yep. <laughs> Seems like that would be way more dangerous. Flying across the ice. Yeah, he's probably not allowed to skate because of the sheer danger <laughs> it would cause to him and others. But he began to earn several nicknames from the Big E to the next one. And this was in 1989 into 91 when he was playing junior hockey. So they Literally were... right when Gretzky had just been traded and was in his prime. And they were still they were calling this kid the successor to Gretzky. So they were already looking for his replacement. Yes. Pretty pretty freaking rude, man. I know. Now, Lindros kind of knew he was going to be big in the majors and was taking steps as like, in his younger years <laughs> to make sure he could make as much money as he could. He <laughs> like For the love of the game. Yeah. He had several endorsements early on. He even signed a sports card deal with a manufacturer. He even had a baseball card made of him like, playing third base for the Blue Jays. But just... he. Didn't he, play baseball, no, though. No, he just was like, I'm going to get a baseball card made of me. Is that something people can do? Apparently. Then why hasn't LeBron made it like a football card <laughs> right. or something? Like, <laughs> I feel like social media would just take it a different way than the 80s. Yeah. Because in it 1989. A simpler time. A simpler time. It was Toronto. could name a children's <laughs> hockey team. Yeah. But in 1989, Lindros was drafted by the Saul St. Marie Greyhounds. Huh? Sue St. Marie, actually. Is it, is it Sue? It's Sue St. Marie. Saul? It's Sue St. Marie. I'll let you two argue this one out. I have no I'll idea. Just, uh, in Michigan, we grow up learning things about Canada. Sure. Mm. And names. Uh, in California, we learned nothing about well, anyone else. Well, you except guys don't California. even have water, let alone major waterways. Hey. That's true. <laughs> well, Raging that's fires. why we couldn't have any hockey teams. We didn't have the the water to. You might know rink. about hockey, but I know about obscure <laughs> names. All right, Sue Saint Marie. <laughs> uh, but Lindros had an issue with management, especially because shortly after he was drafted, the owner of the Greyhounds, Phil Esposito, used the increase of popularity of the team from the acquisition of Lindros to sell his stock in the team at a higher price. Smart. That's a baller move. Smart. I don't know why Lindros isn't mad about that. Do you think Lindros had a bit of an ego, you know, making baseball cards for himself when he played hockey? Yeah. I think I would have thought he was just confused. <laughs> like extremely early onset dementia. Are you lost, sir? No, I play third base, I promise. Are you my child? <laughs> But Lindros refused to sign with the team, and he held out. So then the uh, new Wait, owner... Wait, he just got drafted, didn't he? Yeah, he got drafted by this team, and he refused to sign with them. <laughs> he, won't, he won't sign his rookie deal. With a junior hockey league. Okay. Team. Yes. Cool. All right, I'm already rooting against this person. So he refused to sign, and then they just... Once the owner had traded out, his, mm -hmm. sold his stock and mm -hmm. dipped, uh, they traded Lindros to a the Oshawa Generals. 
before he ever suited up for the Greyhounds at all. And then whenever these two teams played each other, uh, the Greyhound players would wear black bands on their arm in protest of Lindros's attitude towards the team. Oh, you showed him. Refusal to yeah. sign with you guys real showed him there, bud. I bet he feels real bad about it now. So why did he sign for the Generals and not for the Greyhounds? The Generals are closer to his hometown. Boo. So um, this man cares about money and his hometown. He yes. just missed okay. his mommy. He was homesick. Aww. But in junior hockey. <laughs> He's Benjamin Button, after all. A man <laughs> in a boy's body. Well, well, in Lindros' time with the Generals from, from 1990 to 92, in 157 games, he scored 180 goals, 200 assists, 380 points, and 437 penalty minutes. Hey. This man could shoot, and he could beat people up. Well, he was playing junior hockey, so, I mean... What do you expect? Once again, if he is a man in a boy's body. <laughs> no, he's a kid in a man's body. He's a, he's a boy man. <laughs> if he, he's not a man in a boy's body. Damn it, Westover. No. made it weird and confusing. You went and, backwards. Oh, because it's such a common thing to have in my mind. It's a classic Pittsburgh Penguin situation. That, no? I just wanted to throw your team out there. And under, under the, the bus. And under the bus in the deep water. <laughs> Can't take you anywhere. <sighs> in Lindros's time in the minor league, in junior hockey, mm-hmm. he won the J. Ross Robertson Cup and the Memorial Cup. The mm. uh, league MVP led the team in scoring. He won Player of the Year and also the Top Prospect Award. Mm. Uh, Lindros and the Generals would reach the Robertson Cup a second time and face the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, and uh, they would get upset by the Greyhounds. In Vengeance! Six. Yes. Those black bands really paid off. <laughs> they did it. But in 1991, the NHL entry draft it comes up, and the Quebec Nordiques have Nordics. What what is um what what is a Nordique? No idea. One of Nordic I think they use descent. the. Uh, is it like Vikings? I would imagine so. Go with a Q. But French, French, but French Vikings. Oh, we are here to. Pillage and plunder. Yeah, Give us all of your goats. They all were not a good of team. Your goats. <laughs> they could not pillage and plunder. Dang it, guys. Because they had the first overall pick for the third year in a row. Ooh, ooh. Over the last two seasons, they'd won the 26 process. games. And How many games are in a hockey season? 82. And they won 26. Yeah. Out of three years. Yeah. All right. I think this was... Also, this was in the early 90s. So I think their season was a little shorter. So 26 out of 246. Roughly. Yeah. Uh, Nerd alert. But they had a yeah, lot of young talent. To do math. Yes. You know, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> we'll talk about this off air. So I have some grievances. The team no, let's had... get into them now. <laughs> Sorry, Les Ever. Take a seat. <laughs> Bless. So the team had a lot of young, talented players. Like they had two first overall picks, and they had another burgeoning star. But they had no veteran leadership to help them put it together. Mm. Ahead of the draft, the Nordiques made it clear they were going to draft Lindros. Lindros responded by saying he would refuse to play with the, play for them and don't waste your pick, citing an issue with the ownership and management again. Is it because it's too far from his hometown? Uh, <laughs> actually. One of the reasons he gave was that he wanted to keep playing in an English-speaking area as there were mm. better opportunities for endorsements. La-ti-da. Wow. That's, um, uh, that's offensive to Quebec and France and everywhere else that doesn't speak English. I mean, 
of all the people, I don't care if they're offended. I think the French are pretty high on my list. I'm pretty sure the French are always offended. The French no are constantly, what. which is why I don't mind so much. <laughs> <laughs> they're in a constant state of offended. <laughs> Offense. Sure. Uh, offense. Defense. Hockey. Championship. Lindor. Lindor. Truffles. No, I wasn't oh. doing Lynch. It's okay. wordplay. <laughs> you know what? If you can't keep up, don't like try and jump West in. Westover, if you can't improv, get out of here. <laughs> At the same time, the owner of the Nordic, uh, Marcel Obu, Obu? Uh, was quoted saying that Lindros would be the centerpiece of the franchise's turnaround, and the only way that Lindros plays in the NHL is in a Nordic uniform. And, uh, or else. Yeah, pretty much. Lindros even tried to scare him off by saying he would only play for a salary of $3 million a year, which would have been half a million more than what Wayne Gretzky was making at the time. Well, this kid is the next Wayne Gretzky, so it mm-hmm. sounds like he deserves it. Why not give him the next great contract? Why he... not just rename him Gretzky? That's and might do now. a facial surgery, like a whole Ooh. Nick Cage, John Travolta face-off mm-hmm. situation. Interesting. Are you not no. familiar with the film? No, I haven't seen the film. Let me tell you. <laughs> Are you familiar a... with the technology? Because <laughs> we have the technology. <laughs> we set an appointment for you. <laughs> oh. Lindros even reportedly turned down a 10-year, $50 million deal from the Nordics. Well, they drafted him first overall. And as uh, we stated before, Lindros in the 91 draft and stated as I stated before, Lindros's hockey career, junior hockey career went into 92. Because he stuck to his word, stayed in Oshawa, even played for Canada in the 92 Olympics, winning the silver medal. Proud of them. But in the summer of 92, the Nordics realized that if Lindros refused to play for them and he stayed just playing in junior hockey for another year, they would lose his draft rights and their pick would have been wasted entirely Mm. because Lindros would be able to be redrafted in 93. So they let let it be known that they were open to trade Lindros and the floodgates opened up. Uh, they had about seven teams offering uh, different, reportedly offering to trade for him. The Red Wings offered up Steve uh, Userman. You're kidding me. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. No, I wasn't talking about the pronunciation, oh, yeah. <laughs> although I was I was talking more of he's they offered one him. of the greatest players in our franchise. Yes. He's no Gordy Howe, but he's but probably he was on the table. Yeah, Steve, yeah no, he's yeah. the second most famous player <laughs> oh, yeah. in Red Wings history. Yeah, they uh, they offered him another player and several first-round picks for Lindros, but uh, Userman stated if he was traded to the Nordics, he'd hold out as well, and the trade fell through, which works out for Detroit, as you said. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, led them to two Stanley Cups, one as a player and one as a GM, and he's also their current GM. He what? Le- he leaves the franchise in points, second in assists and goals, and his number's retired. That's pretty cool. It's also like, it's, it's Azerman. Ah. Cool. Ezerman. The more you know. Da-dum, da-dum. There it is. Detroit. But we're not talking about Detroit. Their deal fell through. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So on June 20th, 1992, at the NHL entry draft, there were two teams left vying for Lindros. The Flyers and their rival, the New York Rangers. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. I bet the Flyers get them. You yeah. Know? We mentioned them before. You yeah, might be right. That was joke, Josh. It's elevated. Oh, yeah. So uh, the pre- the owner of the 
Nordeets, it reaches a verbal agreement with GM Russ Farwell of the Flyers to send Lindros to Philly, but only if Lindros agrees to go. But Philly is so much farther. <laughs> so far. And they speak a lot of French. <laughs> and it's a two-bit town and nobody cares for it. <laughs> but and they throw things at Santa. Yeah, they, they do. do. Oh, Santa. Okay. Okay. Here's Santa deserved it that year. Santa promotes certain ideologies. <laughs> oh boy. That aren't necessarily in line with the core <laughs> values of, of Philadelphia? Philadelphia. The city of brotherly love, agreed. Yes. <laughs> ah, Santa doesn't have a brother. He doesn't have any love in he his heart. He doesn't have any love in his heart. No evidence. <laughs> so. Marcel allows Russ to call Lindros and talk with him. Lindros tells Farwell that Philadelphia would be an acceptable location to be traded to and he'd play for them. So that's it. Trade's finalized. Well, about an hour and a half later, uh, Marcel had second thoughts about it. Mm -hmm. sending Lindros to Philly, and he agreed to send Lindros to New York instead. Nice. Uh, Sorry, Philly. (laughs) You lose. The Flyers file a complaint to the NHL saying that the Nordiques are going back on their word. Hey, he said he'd give him to me. And then he didn't. He promised. You thought it. Yeah, but you (laughs) said it. Yeah, but I wrote it down, so... Oh, yeah, did contract. they get a contract involved? No. So, or were they just a whole handshake? It was a verbal like, agreement. Yeah, ah, that's the thing. The number of verbal agreements I've had fall through. <laughs> Especially in the 90s. Ah, no one's word meant anything. anything. No 90s. one was listening There's on phone just calls. so much cocaine. Right? Who can remember what At least said. in the hockey scene, I remember. Dan basketball. No. Uh, a little bit of baseball, too. Mm. I didn't watch The Last Dance. <laughs> So the NHL had to hire a lawyer to arbitrate this situation, resulting in a five-day hearing with 400 pages of handwritten notes and 11 witnesses called. And they went straight to jail. The Nordiques, I imagine. No. Dang it. The whole franchise. (laughs) The whole whole franchise. No, the whole NHL went to jail. The league knocks on their (laughs) franchise door, just says Nordiques above it, and they go, there's NHL police, you're going straight to hell, where there's... Too hot for ice hockey. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. My life has been nothing. <laughs> but, like, make it French. M- my life has been nothing. Oh. Baguettes. <laughs> Baguette? The lawyer ruled in favor of, of the Flyers, stating that the phone call between Russ and Lindros to be critical in his decision. You have no proof. We have stand this, by that. We have this phone call. No, you don't. Wiretaps. Dang it. Stupid FBI. J. Edgar at work again. (laughs) This led to the president of the NHL, Gil Stein, to create a rule that no trade would be official until it was run through the main office with both parties present before the trades could be finalized. Yeah, that seems like a good rule to have before 1992 or whatever this is. Well, this is before they had full unrestricted free agency, (laughs) even. Remember from our last hockey hockey were no, There were no (laughs) rules back then. So let's talk about the offers that uh, Marcel had to choose between. Starting with the Rangers and their losing bid. They agreed to trade Sergei Nemchinov, Tony Amante, Alexei Kovalev, and James Patrick, and then either a handful of players between John uh, Vebensbrook and Mike Richter, 
as well as multiple first round picks and twenty million dollars. Seems like that's a lot. like half a team for one twenty player. million dollars and a bunch of picks. It's for the next one. Is it though? <laughs> that's his nickety name. Nickety name. And now this is what the Flyers ended up sending. Uh huh. They sent Ron Hextall, one. Bob Deshane, two. Mark Ricci, three. Carrie Hoffman, four. Peter Forsberg. Five. A first round pick in 93 uh-huh. and $15 million. And then they had to add a future consideration stipulation because the original trade agreed upon was a 92 first round pick. Mm-hmm. But this. How did this already happen? The, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the draft already happened. So, in Dang consequences for that, they had to add Chris Simmons, mm-hmm. who they drafted in 92, and a 94 first round pick. Jeez. So that's six players, two picks, and what, $15 million? $15 million. Nordiques are rolling in it. Rolling in players. Yep. Lindros immediately signs with the Flyers for five years, $24 million, and a salary of $2 million a year. And then how many endorsements did he get? Uh, a lot. At All least, at least Three. two. Nike? Nike? No, I don't we know. We talking Jordan? I don't think no. This is 1993. <laughs> Dang, yeah, yeah. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan has just won his third title in a mm-hmm. row. Gonna retire soon. Yeah, there's no yeah. money in hockey. That's fine. That's Back fair. Up. Yeah. Uh, while in that year, with after this trade, the Nordics made the playoffs for the in that year for the first time in five years. Then in '95, they moved to Colorado and become the Avalanche. And Why? It's a better name, better market. They don't have to speak French anymore. They don't have to, they don't speak, have to speak French, French anymore. anymore. Mm-hmm. They're actually not allowed to. <laughs> it's the one rule above <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche door when you walk in. It just says, no speaking French. <laughs> no French. <laughs> they can't even have French players. No nope. French fries. If you if there's evidence that you've ever spoken <laughs> French, even using, you know, we, W-E, you're, <laughs> you're <out>. done. <laughs> yeah. So... And 95 is when all those pieces and players that were traded in the Lindos trade become more and more valuable. Because with these pieces acquired, the Avalanche would go on to win the Stanley Cup in 96 and 2001. Nice. First, let's start with simple with this, because the Eric Lindos trade tree is insane and huge. Yeah, it makes sense. Start with Kerry Hoffman and Peter Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Hoffman left in 94 and had no influence on the success of the team. Sorry. Out of all those players and picks, that is the only miss that happens for the Avalanche. Forsberg plays the rest, a majority of his remaining career in Colorado, winning the Cup in 96 and 01, and is a Hall of Famer. That's cool. Ron Hextall, uh, goalie, now GM for the Penguins, holds the record for most penalty minutes as a goalie. Uh, Steve Deshane, Ron, Ron and Duchesne were both treated similarly where they were traded and the pieces acquired from that trade helped them win in 96. And then those pieces again were moved uh-huh. to acquire players to win in 2001. Very nice. Very nice. Mike Ricci and Chris Simmons contributed to the 96 victory while they were traded for players and picks that resulted in the 2001 victory. Cool. cool. The 93 first round pick was used to acquire players who one contributed to both Stanley cups, including Hall of Fame goalie Patrick Roy. Nice. One of the greatest goalies of all time. Love him. With a name like Pat. Yeah. Pat Roy. Pat Roy. And then they turned the 94 first round pick into three separate players who also contributed to the 2001 victory. The Rangers also benefited from their trade being nullified as 
The players they'd offered up ended up being critical in their Stanley Cup victory in 94. And their goalie that they ended up keeping, Mike Richter, was also a Hall of Famer. Well, yeah. Yeah, no. That makes sense. The Richter scale is what he was named. <laughs> what it's named after. Uh, he, he, it was Which named after first? the earthquake. Oh, okay. That mm. makes sense. But then the man and then the way to measure the earthquake. Via the man. Via How the much man, did and then a series this guy of... Richter shake? 8.2? He was the first sumo wrestler goalie. <laughs> uh, he got scored on constant. That's still a dream of mine. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a dream I had to watch. I feel like it would be wildly ineffective. I think oh, he yeah. gets scored on constant. Probably. But I, I'd watch more hockey. Well, I'd watch I'd watch that hockey. But now, let's go to Lindros and his career. Okay. Now that he was a flyer, he had no problem speaking out against his former team, stating that the reason he was wary to play for them was due to a lack of winning spirit, right. since they'd been at the bottom of the league for three years in a row. All right, again, I just I just don't like this guy. <laughs> he I mean, he's like perfect for Philly. Listen to this You man. can change winning spirit by just coming into the building with some jazz hands. Like Michael Jordan like did. Michael Jordan came into the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> lots of spirit fingers and lots like, of jazz like, hands. Hey, guys! <laughs> Let's do a tune. I'm ready to work. <laughs> I'm ready to work. It's a famous song. Yeah. From Chicago. From Chicago. You wouldn't know about it. I wouldn't. <laughs> In 2016, Lindros was quoted saying he only refused to play for the Nordics because of Marcel and the way he did business. While he wouldn't go into detail, he is quoted saying, I was never going to play for that individual. Period. Just Seems refused pointed. to. Yeah. Is it because he's French? I don't think it's because he's French. Is it because he has a weird last name? Yes. Hmm. But once Lindros entered the lead, he establishes himself quickly as a top forward in the lead, bringing the Flyers to be perennial contenders almost immediately. But they would only reach the Stanley Cup Finals once in 97, where they were swept by the Detroit Red Wings when the coach of the Red Wings decided to change their defensive tactics that they'd been running the whole season up to a more finesse-oriented defensive line against Lindros and his feared Legion of Doom line. That's what the forward line of him and his two wings were called. Chris. Yeah. Well, you can't beat that Detroit winning spirit. No. Yeah. Not when they have defense on their side. And finesse. You never expect finesse out of Detroit, but <laughs> what what do you know? There it is. Surprise. Give them ice skates. And two for one. You'll, you'll finesse them. Lindros was a very strong-willed, stone-headed player, which led to issues with the new GM, Brian Clark. Yeah, it sounds like he butted heads with anyone Any in management, management anywhere he went. Well, with a stone head. Well, <laughs> that'll help. <laughs> Good one. It led to issues because the downs, the only downside to Lindros' physical play style was that he was incredibly prone to injury. Aww. He he was known to play like with his head down, like not really keeping his eyes forward and looking around, not aware of his surroundings. <laughs> it's just me and the puck right now. No, he's just like, I'm a body people out of the way. It's fine. I'll be good. I bet it wasn't fine. No, because he suffered six confirmed concussions with the Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> in a two year span, he'd suffered three of them. And after a game in 1999, he suffered what was labeled a rib injury. And after the game, his teammate who shared a hotel room with him found him lying in the tub, cold and pale. Cool. The player told the trainers, and they told him, we'll just take him back on the plane with a few injured teammates that are heading back to Philly for medical treatment. Uh huh. The player insisted Lindros be taken to the hospital immediately. Yeah, that makes sense. Where they found he had a collapsed lung from internal bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. 
Lindros's father wrote a letter criticizing the team's trainer, saying that if they put Lindros on the plane, he would have died. And the ho- doctors at the hospital backed up that statement. It would have been dramatic, for sure. Oh, well, Philly believes in tough players, <laughs> which clearly he is not. Yeah, what, you got to collapse long or something, and you're not willing to get back on the ice? The 1999-2000 season would be his last as a flyer. Lindros would suffer, suffer his second concussion of the season, his fourth total at this time when he began to criticize the team's trainers for misdiagnosing him, and the GM Clark stripped Lindros of his captaincy as Lindros would sit out the rest of the regular season trying to recover from this concussion, only to suffer a setback of another concussion during rehab. (laughs) What? What was he doing? Did he slip and fall? I don't... I think it was during, like, training, during practice. Sounds like Philly got their revenge. (laughs) (laughs) They started throwing things at him. He fell down the stairs. They threw things at him again. Caught in the head with a bottle. Lindros, like Lindros will return to the lineup in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals to score his only goal of the series, where then he was hit by a defenseman and knocked unconscious, oh <laughs> and requiring help from his teammates to get off the ice. My leg! Dodge, dip, dive, duck, and dodge, dodge my guy. guy. Well, when you're just looking straight down into the ice, it's hard to do any of those Dodge things. the ice! <laughs> That season, Lindros would enter offseason as a restricted free agent, and he would refuse to sign a two-way deal with the Flyers, demanding a trade to his hometown Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. After sitting out the 2000-2001 season, Lindros would be traded to the Rangers, and he'd started to return to form when another injury would keep him out of the All-Star game, and he would only have one injury-free season in his career before he would retire in 2007. Lindros ends his career sixth all-time in points as a flyer. His number 88 is retired, and he was eventually inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, the Flyers did acquire a Hall of Fame player, but who could never get them to a Stanley Cup with him on their roster and with his time at the team kind of ended really rough. While the Nordic slash Avalanche gained the pieces needed to return to the playoffs, got two Hall of Famers, two Stanley Cups. Sometimes when a GM sees a player they really want, they're willing to sacrifice the world in their future. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it ends like this. Yeah, I can't think of the last time someone, a team, offered the world <laughs> for any player in any sport right. and it worked out. Yeah. I, I I feel like most of these stories are people being like, like last week we had Mike Ditko, right? Yeah. And well, he did the same thing. I mean, and you think recently... Like, the Clippers have yet to yep. gain anything from all their trades all for their Paul trades George. For yeah. And, yeah. The, the moral of the story is don't trade everything for one person. Yes. A man you might think you're one. They're team sports for a reason. Yeah. You might think you're one piece away, but you're not. <laughs> Focus on the team. Yes. Well, now that we've presented one of the worst moves in NHL history, we're feeling pretty comfortable and confident in presenting our own proposals for those GMs we believe need a little amateur help. Uh, Josh, why don't you kick us off? I would love to. Thank you so much. You're so very welcome. (laughs) My dear GM this week goes out to Boston Bruins GM Don Sweeney. Hey. Hey, man. What's up? (laughs) we're getting close to the trade deadline and your Bruins are right in the middle of the pack you're fending off the Flyers and trying to catch the Penguins I think you need to make a move rumor around the New Jersey Devils is that Kyle Palmieri is that right? yeah, Palmieri uh, is available for trade and I think you should shoot your shot 
He's on a one-year deal, so there's some risk involved, but I think this would be worth it. Here's my proposal. Boston receives Kyle Palmieri in reserve Arthur Garvis. Uh, and New Jersey receives Jared Tindori, Stephen Kampfer, a 2021 second-round pick, and a 2022 fourth-round pick. Boston is not getting very much production from Tindori or Kampfer, and they need to keep ahead of the Flyers for that final playoff spot. It's a risky trade, but I think the payoff would be worth it. So just do it. I liked it. They... With the divisional realignments this season, it's chaos. Yeah, it's been everywhere rough. except the North. Mm-hmm. The North is like it's the Maple Leaves, <laughs> and that's it. The North Edmonton knows. is there storing a bunch of goals. Yep. But it's because they're playing against real bad teams everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in their division so mm-hmm. bad. They'll get better. <laughs> no one day. Not like today or tomorrow like next, or this yeah. year or even then that that probably like I don't know in two decades or something. Yeah. Eventually. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. If we're still doing this podcast in two decades, oh, no. we'll talk about it. We'll let it know. Yeah, we'll come back here. I'll be dead by then. Wait, what's two decades from twenty? Yeah, me too. All right, West Saver. All right, my dear GM is... <laughs> you better host this podcast by yourself. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I'll stand on my own. You gotta bring people in to keep you, uh, you know, on the straight and narrow, because obviously you won't. You'll just be talking about Pittsburgh for the rest of time. <laughs> Woo! My dear GM is uh, Hurricanes president and GM Don Waddle. Waddle. Yeah. Waddle. With a divisional realignment, Realignment things got a little weird for everyone, but it leaves you. <laughs> things got a little weird. Got a little weird, weird back there, guys. A little talk, a little fun, a little flirty, a little, uh, a little weird out there on the ice. Yeah. There's a little steamy on the ice tonight, guys. You want to talk about it? <laughs> what a waddle on into the waddle <laughs> on into that. Nah, it's Waddell. Thank you. Oh, Waddell. I had a professor whose last name was Waddell. Cool story, bro. It wasn't. No, <laughs> it was more just. But with the realignment, it <laughs> just to move on. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't yet. done yet. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't in the middle of a really engrossing tale. <laughs> Relatable. Always Westover interrupting, <laughs> talking about sports or whatever. Yeah, because literally the, o- the there's nerve. only one. There's only one major road bump in the way for the playoffs for you. Albeit that road bump is the defending champions, Tampa Bay. Do you mean mm. speed bump? Road bump. Speed bump? Yeah, but road bump? I think I know I've heard road bump before, but I was just thinking no, no, this speed moment, bump. I'm like, when do you ever hear anyone say road bump? No, Westover's wrong for sure. It's either roadkill or a pothole or a speed bump. Yeah, Saul St. Marie. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina's playing good hockey, but they were getting healthier until center Trent's Vincent Trochik got hurt. And it's time to find maybe not a perfect replacement for a point-per-game player who would be expensive, but maybe a nostalgic throwback to reinvigorate the team, the fans, and even the player himself who's having a down year. Mm -hmm. I suggest the Hurricanes trade for center Eric Stahl. He's a hometown hero who won the the Cup with the Canes in 06. My man! While Buffalo is wanting to acquire the world for their other valuable trade pieces like Hall and Eichel, you might be able to get Stahl for cheap. His cap hits low. You could probably get him for a few low-round picks, say a fourth this year and a sixth next year. Very easy, cheap. I bring important. your boy home. I'm inclined to agree with you. He's coming home. This week, I'm addressing Calgary Flames GM Brad Tre-living. <laughs> Tree-living. 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 Tri-living. 
you know what your last name is, Brad, and you know your job, hopefully. Nope. Or maybe not, given how the Flames have been performing. Yeah, I would listen up, Brad. But, Brad, you aren't going to win this year. Probably Aww, not next year. Come not on. next year either. But you've begun to get your team back on the right track by bringing Daryl Sutter back into the fold as your new head coach. But you still have to make some personnel decisions to prepare your squad for a future run. News has come out that the Arizona Coyotes are shopping star wing Connor Garland. And while there will surely be a slew of teams making inquiries, all probably with better assets than you, I think you should make a move to secure him. You are in desperate need for a right wing, and Garland will pair well with your other young stars in Lindholm and Kachuk. 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 Additionally, he's still cheap, so you could send over mostly picks and a couple minor league talents in exchange. Just because you aren't contending doesn't mean you shouldn't be active at the upcoming trade deadline. Well, that's fair. You got to start that rebuild sometime. Start rebuilding, Brad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the pod. <clears throat> Thank God. Said everyone listening and <laughs> us. A- and us, if it makes you feel better. Uh, if you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes. <laughs> or any of our other episodes that aren't about hockey. Literally anyone. Or baseball. If you like our NFL and NBA <laughs> stuff, just let us if know. If you just like us. We'll cut Wes over out of the show. Yeah, we'll be happy to. We'll never talk about Pittsburgh again. <laughs> we'll, if anyone says Pittsburgh or a story needs it, we'll be like, I don't know. I've never heard of this place. You know that one city. That one city. Mm-hmm. Mm. But please remember, give us a like or a follow and maybe leave a uh, review. Rate us highly. If you want. If you want. If you want to rate us poorly, don't. Just like, just keep if, that to yourself. If you have nothing nice to say, situation. Yeah. Well, although you can DM us on social media all the mean things you want. We love that crap. Um, <laughs> <It> fuels us. <laughs> your hate is our energy. <laughs> uh, but you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you might listen to your podcasts. Uh, in the words of former Maple Leafs GM Brian Burke, quote, sometimes you do the hard work and set the table. And someone else eats the meal, unquote. Kind of like, you know, being a parent or a GM. Of the Flyers? Of the Flyers. <laughs> Russ. Wah, wah. No. Gritty for life. Thanks for listening. And remember, this was Mismanaged. Mismanaged.